Distinguishing between ADHD and autism can be pretty confusing, but luckily for you, we're here to muddy the waters even more. In part two of our ADHD series, we're moving away from the DSM's linear and limited diagnostic criteria for autism and looking at the much more dynamic and inclusive wheel of autistic traits. We're also discussing the monotropism questionnaire, comparing and contrasting how ADHD and autism present separately and together, and sharing some of our personal ADHD strengths and anecdotes. Whether you experience an overwhelming internal giddiness about the existence of tiny things, you enjoy the fine nuance of tinkering, or you're easily tricked by an optical illusion, come join us for a chaotic yet informative episode that will make you feel seen in incredibly specific ways. They said that we'd grow out of it. Well, the joke's on them, that's just our brains. We're eccentric, loud, and stubborn. And most of our clothing is covered in stains. It's not a deficit of attention. There's just too much to think about. So if executive dysfunction becomes a little too much, If you forgot why you came in this room, or you're hypersensitive to touch, then put on your seamless socks, and come join our little flock. Bitches stimming together, we're weirds of a feather, weirds of a Getting silly, getting silly. Silly, silly. Alright, I think we're there. I'm I'm there. Alright, I'm also there. Okay. Welcome to Weirds of a Feather, an ADHD adjacent podcast. I'm your host, Grace. And I'm your host, Kristen. And we're in a silly, goofy mood, just in time to do ADHD part two. Yes, a really not silly episode. Yeah, kind of a a more serious, I guess even when we cover serious topics, I'm always like, oh my God, we're so dry and boring. But (laughs) compared to like any other informational podcast. Not as much. It's not that serious. We make it fun here. We like to make it fun. Yeah, we like to make it a little silly. Spice it up a little bit. Another nice way of saying we're unprofessional. Uh, that's my middle name. Kristen Unprofessional Stanhope. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you didn't know that. I thought it was Elizabeth. <laughs> Guess I was wrong. <laughs> it's my stage name. Uh. <laughs> Kristen, the Unprofessional Stanhope. <laughs> All right, Kristen, I've got a warm-up question for you. I'm ready. In, I'm ready for this warm-up. In honor of our ADHD Part 2 episode. Yeah. Do you love tiny things? And do you think it's an autistic trait to love tiny things? Okay, yes and no. Okay. I love tiny things. I do as well. I, I love them any, so much. I think my philosophy is anything can be made better if it's made tiny. I agree. Right? Like Cute. desserts, yeah. if they're tinier, they're better. They just taste better. Everything about them is better. Yeah, they're so right? cute. I love big things that have tiny little versions. I think mm-hmm. that's the best. When yeah. something has a big version and a tiny little version, yes. but you're used to seeing the big version and then you see a little version of it. And it's like, it's so cute that I don't even know how to explain it. It's like my body, I just want to scream. I'm like, oh my God, it's so cute. I can't even explain it. Um, 
puppies, they're just tiny little dogs, oh, right? Little Same dogs. with kittens, right? What's better than a cat? A kitten. How about like a baby snake? Oh my God. Or like a tiny little lizard? Like, I just think, like... I see how some people could like that. Yeah, sure. I love a little baby lizard. Or a little frog. My favorite is probably little frogs. I love them so much. They're so cute. I'm worried about salmonella, but yeah. I'm not Um, eating them. Well, you're not supposed to touch them. I'm not. I'm just observing them. Observing. And Mm. watching them hop around in the grass while I'm, like, squealing. What about, like, a little, like, flowers are nice. Like, little tiny flowers. Oh, yeah. Super cute. My little tiny boots that I have. I oh, just yeah, like your to little look at boots. Them. They're just so What's better than cute. regular boots? Tiny boots. Tiny little boots. Right? Like, I love looking at kids' shoes. Yes. Oh, my God. like... Baby shoes. Like... Little versions of big ones. Yes. yes. They're little versions of big ones. They're so much better. Yes. Um, But no, because I can't see how anybody would think differently. Like, I don't see anybody <laughs> who would say... You know what? No, I don't like the tiny version of regular things. So you're saying you don't think it's an autistic thing. You think just like everyone loves tiny things? Yeah. Well, I have a source that tells me that's not (laughs) true. And we probably love tiny things so much because we're autistic. Because Ian does not understand. He'll be like, yeah, that's cute. But he does not get my level of joy and love and interest in tiny things. He's like, I don't understand it. I respect it. I know that you love Which tiny things. Which is silly things. because he's a bonsai boy, and that is taking but he's regular not... sized trees and making them tiny. See, he thinks it's like cool, but it's not the fact that it's a big thing made little that he's so excited about. He's just like, oh, a little tree that I get to work on. But for me, it's like, it's so, it should be big, but it's little. Like that for me is like, I think because we notice so many of the details and right. we love fine little like details. Miniatures, people who are into miniatures, yes. anything. Well, yeah, I was going to say... What is the most like stereotypical adult autistic man hobby? Toy trains. Exactly. Which are mini trains. Which are mini trains. And like the whole set design of being like making really into miniatures. model trains. Yeah. You're like painting the little guys. Well, you're making the little trees and making the little you're sets. you're convincing me now. Right. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> because no, not everyone loves tiny things to the level that we do. Ian does not relate to this at all. It's <laughs> he doesn't get it. Does he? He when doesn't like, like tiny. Look things? at this little bottle. It's normally big, but it's it's so little. usually a bigger size, <laughs> and now it's tiny. Yes. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. You're right. It's not just. I guess I'm right because I'm the one who <laughs> said it. That it's especially when there's a big version of it, but it's little. Or like seahorses, like animals that are born looking exactly like the adults, but little, as opposed to like Ooh. like a puppy is born and it looks like a little hairless blob. You know, it's like yeah. a pink little blob. It's like it's cute. But when an animal like a seahorse is born or a chameleon and it's like they look exactly like the adult, but just teeny, teeny, They're just tiny. tiny. It's so cute. I can't handle it. Um, Remember that commercial? I forget what. I think it was just for like a credit card or something. But they had like a it was like when computers were new and um, CGI was new and they had like a tiny baby giraffe on a And it wasn't yes. even a baby giraffe. And everybody freaked out because yes, they I thought do. it was a real giraffe. Yes. And. I'm going to post the commercial somewhere. I'll post it to the Facebook group. But like it was people lost their minds because they thought it was a real giraffe and people like wanted this tiny giraffe because everybody likes the smaller version. Yeah, I think maybe first of all, I'm not going to say everybody because I think there are plenty of people who would be like, what's the big deal? I'd rather have a regular sized giraffe. Yeah. That's so cumbersome just, to take care a of. Standard giraffe. Standard giraffe size. So I think I think there are people who don't care about tiny things. I think there are people who are like, oh, that's cute. And then I think there are people like us who are like, oh my God, it hurts my body to think about. It. I just want to like look at it all day. Like to me, it's like my body wants to explode. I can't explain it. I just I love it so much it hurts. I love tiny things. I do too. Ooh, do you watch that TikTok where it's like the tiny kitchen? Oh yeah. Where we do. it's it's the a little green regular guy. size guy making 
tiny food with tiny utensils. Yes. Yeah. He's well, a huge following because people love tiny things. I know. But not everyone loves tiny things is what I'm saying. Who? We can't keep going around in circles. If in you this don't like tiny things, write us in. At or if you're indifferent to tiny things or you're like, yeah, they're cute. I need to talk to you. Because I think what we're talking about is like, I think cute little animals have more mass appeal. Mm -hmm. I'm talking like products, you know? Yes, like a tiny can. little dessert. Like if, yeah, or like a soda can. If normally it's this size, but then there's like a tiny little cute toy version and it's like a little, little miniature. That to me is just as cute as a tiny little giraffe, you know? It like yeah. brings up the same feelings in me. Whereas I think people who don't love tiny things like we do would be like, oh yeah, cute like otter. Isn't that cute where it's little? But they're not like freaking out about like baby shoes, <laughs> you know, the way that we are freaking out about baby shoes. <laughs> I, do, I just, I'm having, like... I know, you can't even imagine a world where people don't love tiny things. I can't imagine a world where people would think that the tinier version isn't the preferred version. Well, believe it, sister. Because Maybe it's like the novelty if it's always small and now you have the big... Okay, so what about things that are like the bigger versions of regular size things? I think for me, they're like, it's like, whoa, this is normally small and now it's big and that's right. fun. But I don't have that feeling of like internal giddiness the way that when something's big to I small. I see. I see. And I think, I think that's about how, like a teddy bear. Like remember our friend Stephanie how she had those huge teddy bears? Yeah. And I'm always like oh that's fun. That's it's big. Fun. But I'm not like ee! You know? Right. And I think that's the difference. That's fair. I think people who don't love tiny things would feel the way I feel about little things being made big. Where it's like oh yeah it's fun. It's a different size. You know? But they're not like freaking out about it. The way that we freak out about tiny it's things. It's so big! And I feel like there's so many autistic hobbies that involve tiny things, like miniatures. Miniatures. Like being into Tortures. trains. Yeah. I think there's lots of miniature-based hobbies. I have that one. Autistic bonsais. people tend to do more. What is it? Bonsais. They're technically exactly, miniatures. Bonsai. You're taking a tree and making it to look like a, the miniature version of that tree. Yeah. And I think that's very cute. It's all about proportions. Yeah. Um, it is adorable. And they even have like mini bonsais, which are only like oh. about the, yeah, those are really hard to do because how do you keep a tree so small? I don't know. How does it get so small? Um, well, it's just a baby tree. You just have to like prune it correctly. That makes me think, I think what originally triggered this thought in me was that scene in New Girl where Jess is in the job interview, but she's on her period and she freaks out about how the woman has a picture on her desk of a puppy in a cup. And she's like, just physically, how did it get so small? And she's like having this whole meltdown about how this puppy is so small and she like can't handle it. And then at the end, she's like, so we both love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I feel, where I feel like everyone's like, yeah, it's cute. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm just like experiencing it at such a deeper, more intense level than is normal. Me? Well, now I'm feeling like maybe I'm just indifferent. Like, I love tiny things. But I don't know if I love tiny things as much as you love tiny things. I don't things. think you love them quite as much as I do, but I think you love them more than the average person. Okay. Like, I think you love them much more than Ian does. How much? <laughs> we got to get into this episode. Okay, I, <laughs> I can't I measure. I need to quantify that. Yes. <laughs> you can ask one to ten. <laughs> you can ask Ian about it later, okay. you know? Ask him how he feels about little things and just see. Like, I feel like when you ask an autistic person if they love miniature things, they'll, like, light up. You know, of like, and they'll have like specific things, like you said, baby shoes. 
They'll have specific baby miniature sho- things that they Who love. Who doesn't like baby Lots shoes? Lots of people. Lots of people are like, oh yeah, shoes for babies. And we're like, no, no you don't get different it. Because they're like, especially like like the baby Jordans, because they're yes. like the exact replicas yes. of like the bigger shoes. But yeah, they're, they're not like a baby version. They are the adult they're thing, the- but small. But also like, why would you like... You might as well burn money buying those, but that's okay. I know. That baby's not going to use them. Yeah, yeah, but then you get to, like, be baby. excited when you look at your baby's feet, and you're like, oh, my God, look at those little shoes. They vomit on them. I don't want to have kids, but I kind of want to have kids for the shoes. I guess that's I not just, a good reason I guess to I guess I could kids. just buy baby shoes. You could just buy baby shoes. You could have just baby shoes on your windowsill. Should I collect baby shoes? Is that weird? Yes. It's I weird. I think you get a bargain on them, though, because, you know, they're always at, like, Goodwill. Yeah. People it's go buying out of baby, baby shoes. shoes all the time. I always, when I go shopping and I see baby shoes, I'll like pick them up and hold them and look at them and cherish them and love them. I think we need to go to Martin's and hold baby Stock shoes. Up on yeah. some baby shoes. Maybe just go through the motions and like, you know, just hold them and carry them around in our cart and then put them back at the end of the yeah. day. So it's almost like we bought them, but then we didn't. That's a good strategy in general for yeah. shopping. I do that a lot of times. Yeah, you. All right. Well, okay. I think, <laughs> I think we're warm up, up. warmed up. <laughs> we had a lot to say about tiny things. Yes. Like always, we have a lot to say about these warm-up questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let us know your thoughts on tiny things. What Do are your you, thoughts? Are you a lover of tiny things? Are you like, meh, yeah, they're cute. Are you like, no, I don't like tiny things. I like things to be the regular size. <laughs> be the size that you are. Yeah. And n- no other <laughs> How size. How dare you be a different size than you normally are? Yes. Or are you like us? <laughs> yeah. Are you like freaking out about tiny things? Because tell us. They'll be fun. Tell and us, yes. Do you have a tiny thing hobby? Ooh, that's fun. That's another one. I wish I could do tiny things as hobbies, but I feel like I my hands are too shaky. Like I feel like I don't, I can't get in to do the detail that I want to do. Oh, you just work with your own tremor. All right. Well, anyways, let's get okay. into this episode. Yeah. We should probably uh, get into our little accomplishments. Yes. yes. Let's do it. All right. Little accomplishments, but big in our hearts. I've got a little accomplishment. Tell me, Can I please. Go first? Yep. Um, I went through my old clothes. Because I've been meaning to do it for over a year since we moved. When we moved, I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna go through my clothes. I'm going to weed out. And then I finally did it on a whim. Nice. And there's a lot of dust in my closet because I don't like to go in there because yep. it's overwhelming. Because there's a bunch of old clothes in there. <laughs> so it's kind of like this task I've been, like, dreading. And um, And I kind of, you know when you're, like, all of a sudden you just have this, like, weird whim of inspiration? Yes. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm like, I'm going through them. It's happening now. And I was like, let's just ride it out. And then it triggered this giant asthma attack because of all the what? dust. Um, and it was just it's like a high pollen day anyway. The fall allergies have really been bothering me. So I think I was already like on the cusp of like something happening. And then I like I had to sit down. I had to take my inhaler. I had to drink some coffee oh. and just like lay down for a little bit. And I'm like. Damn it. I really wanted to do my clothes. <laughs> I hate that when you finally You're get like, yourself to do something. Yeah. But I, I got through most of it because I kind of like willed my way. Um, and then I made Christopher vacuum in there. Nice. Cracking the whip. Yeah. Um, get him. <laughs> so I can breathe. Uh, but yeah, that was my that was my little nice. accomplishment. So now I have a little bag I gotta take to somewhere. I don't know where. Well, Salvation Army. Should we no, Salvation Army is, Army is a bad place. Is it? Yeah. Where do I take They're all kind of bad. I don't know. That's the problem. Yeah. But like if you give it to Goodwill, they just make money off of flipping and selling your clothes at a high price for some reason. I know. Why do they? You could do the buy nothing where like the Facebook groups. Yeah. And you could just post like I have this bag of clothes of these size. Come get them. 
And then at least go to someone in the community. Yeah. What I used to do at my old apartment, because we lived kind of in um, an area that had a lot of like homelessness, um, I just leave them out by the trash and they'd always be taken by like, I felt bad. It was always by like, I saw like one, he looked like a teen, but maybe he was in his early 20s, but he'd always take them. And I'm like, there you go. So maybe I'll drive back there and just leave that there. Yeah. I think, you know, I'd rather give them away for free. Yeah, giving them to someone in the community. Yeah, because if you donate it to Goodwill, yeah, they're just turning around and charging someone right. money for stuff they got for free. It's such a bullshit system. Yeah, but I Fuck also, you, Goodwill. <laughs> Capitalist um, piece of shit. But I also don't want them to get accidentally thrown away. Yeah. You know, it's a risk. I know. It's tough. But congratulations, you did it. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. What's yeah. Little... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Woo! What's your little accomplishment? I finally called and made a doctor's appointment after yeah. months and months of putting oh. it off. I know the strug. And my doctor's appointment isn't for like four months, though. Yeah, welcome. So it sucks. Welcome you... to healthcare in America. No, welcome I think it might, might be worldwide. Um, there's. I a... think it's especially here with our terrible medical system. It's... I know it's a problem everywhere, but I think here we have our own special version of hell when it comes I'm to the medical it. system. I'm living it. Yeah. Um, I could talk about this all day. We don't have time. We don't have time. No. And I'm just going to, I'm going to stay silent for now, but maybe. One day I'll share my opinion about the many, many, many deficits in our healthcare system. Yeah, there'll be a great a uplifting little... episode. Yeah, I know. Everybody's <laughs> tune in. Um, oh man, I picked a scab on my oh, shin. It was a bug bite. And now I'm bleeding. Don't pick those. Those, those are nature's band aids. I always pick my scabs. That's what I tell my patients. Those it. are nature's band aids. We don't pick those. <laughs> I have to though. It's right there. No, right what? for the picking. Don't do it. I already did it. I'm uh, already bleeding. Do you need a real? Do you need a real life band aid rather no. than nature's own band aid that your body already made for you? Isn't that so convenient that your body made a Band-Aid for you and now you just picked it off? Right. Ungrateful. I didn't think I of it like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say. I am I'm... I am so bad at controlling myself when it comes to scabs. Don't but we're not, those. we're not here to talk about scabs. We are here to talk about <laughs> ADHD. Yeah, yeah. And let's get into it. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Ready? Yes. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> this is we're a, in. That's not naturally it's a really how bad. We Should we transition? Yeah, I think I need a transition. Okay, all right. Away from the scabs and into ADHD. Yeah, from scabs to ADHD. Heavy episode of information here. So but not too heavy. Don't run away. Have, no, 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 no. I'm just trying to manifest our our minds into the right dynamic. Yeah, maybe some waves like. Whoosh, yeah. I feel like we go with the ocean motif a lot, but I think yeah. it's because it works so well. Yeah, I love the ocean from a distance. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hot dogs! <laughs> Get your hot dogs! It's the sand. Oh. Walking around the sand. Is it more like a? Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, I can hear it. Relax. All right, all right you good? Yeah, all right. Better. Okay. Thank Did you, you get a hot dog? Yeah, I had a, slammed a couple dogs. Nice. All right. When I was in grad school, we used to call my roommate Dylan Slam Dog because whenever we would have a barbecue and we would make hot dogs, we would like do them over the fire on sticks. 
and he would take his bun in one hand and he would have his stick and his hot dog in the other and he would for some reason slam the hot dog down <laughs> into the bun. It's efficient. <laughs> so we would call him slam dog. He would hand it with purpose. Yeah. He would really just smack it in there. Slam dog, <laughs> slam dog Dylan's here. <laughs> Old slam dog. I think that's such a funny nickname. <laughs> What's up, slam dog? I know you're not listening to this. Maybe uh, one day. Tori and I ate him alive. All right. Just like slam dogs. And now that we have all had our slam dogs and we had a nice calming day at the beach, yep. we're all ready to hear some information. Yes. Yeah? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> so at the top of this episode, I just kind of want to reiterate and just make sure that we acknowledge that autism is, in fact, a disability. And I know that we can be jokey-jokey on this podcast and, like, make light of things or talk about our autistic strengths or ADHD strengths. But I think it's important to just keep in mind that we still very much acknowledge that Autism is a disability, and there are many aspects of autism that are disabling for us. It can be even more disabling for others, just like with ADHD. Um, I think we're so, like, because ableism is rampant in our society. Rampant. Rampant. I think that we are so, like, afraid of disability, and we think of it as, like, this dirty word. But I think it's important to neutralize that in our minds and acknowledge that, like, Disability is not a dirty word. It simply means that society is not set up for you to be able to access things in the same way that others can. And I think that framing it as a societal failure rather than a personal failure is just a really important like mind switch to look at it. Mm. Um, like I have no problem saying that I have multiple disabilities because I do. You know, it's not a failing on my part. It's a failing on society's part of like making not, things accessible. Yeah. For accommodating. Others. Yes. And for an awesome education on, like, disability rights, uh, the many dangers of ableism, etc., you should definitely go follow Crutches and Spice on TikTok. That is so funny. Sorry. Crutches and Spice. A, what a great TikTok. Crutches and Spice. That's so funny. Yes. She is incredible. She has a lot of great information. She has a lot of, like, lived experience. And she really does a good job of, like, dissecting, yeah, just, like, the many, many dangers of ableism and how mm. casually we all have like so much internalized ableism and it's so widely accepted in our society that we don't really like think about it. But I think it's really important to think about it, whether you, you know, have disabilities yourself or not. It's, you know, something that impacts many people in our society. And more selfishly, it's something that like comes for everyone, essentially. Mm -hmm. You know, like people say that we are all only temporarily able-bodied. Yeah. As you age, as you, you know, get diseases or injuries or whatever, like you it's just it is our most vulnerable populations are the ones that are most affected by like laws and just fascism. And so I think it's just like really important to learn about. And Crutches and Spice is awesome and funny. And so go check her out. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's my great little, resource. Yeah. Yeah. She is one of my favorite resources. And I'm always learning from her. So. We're talking about ADHD, and I know we've kind of talked about, like, the autistic traits when it comes to the uh, DSM, and you and I, Kristen, have ranted about the DSM traits and how it's really not written, like, from an, from an autistic person's perspective, and it's right. kind of just, like, a very negative description right. of it from the outside. Um, but there is also this pie chart spectrum that people talk about, and... I've seen this online. I don't understand it, but I love a good pie chart. Yeah. So I will explain it to you. Like a lot of people are trying to move to this pie chart spectrum as opposed to a linear spectrum because like 
a linear spectrum implies like less autistic to more autistic. Mm-hmm. And like we've said, that's not the case at all. It's not how that works. Yes. It's you're you're either autistic or you're not just like you're either ADHD or you're not. You're not like, well, I'm like a little bit, isn't it? Everybody's a little bit, a little bit ADHD. It's like, Fuck off. Yeah. It's no, you either are or you aren't. And then within that, like of you are, people have different amounts of those traits. So I think this pie chart yeah is just really helpful for kind of moving away from that mindset of like less to more autistic and instead it just looks at like which of these traits impact you more so i found this article um from psychology today it's called from autistic linear spectrum to the pie chart spectrum by claire jack phd and she says even as a practitioner who works with autistic women as an autistic woman myself understanding what exactly Autism spectrum disorder is can be difficult, and we tend to think of spectrums in terms of linear progression from high to low, moderate to severe, 1 to 10, good to bad. She says, indeed, ASD is currently categorized into levels 1, 2, and 3. Level 3 includes people who may have significant learning difficulties and includes uh, nonverbal people, although we say non-speaking people. Um, Level 2 includes people who would struggle to live independently, and level 1 includes people of average or above average intelligence who have the capacity to live independent lives. And the implication is that as we move up through the spectrum from level three to level one, people experience autism in less intense or impactful ways, and that level one autism isn't as, quote unquote, severe as level three autism. However, thinking about autism in this way is little comfort to many level one autistic people whose symptoms cause difficulties in almost every aspect of their lives. People with level one autism diagnosis are more at risk than the general population of mental health problems, suicidality, career difficulties, bullying, and abuse. And like we've said many times, we are both level one autistic. Like we are living independently. We we have the capacity to live independent lives. So once again, we are only representing with our experience level one autism. And there are lots of resources out there to hear about level two and level three autistic experiences and i think that's really important to listen to like you know the most severely impacted of Mm -hmm. us so i don't you know i know there's a lot of issues of like level one autistics kind of like speaking over level three or level two autistics i think it's just important to reiterate that we don't want to do that here and to you know seek out their experiences as well Mm -hmm. we can only you know speak for ourselves right She says, one tool that practitioners have at their disposal that could help explain the autism spectrum in a nonlinear way is the pie chart, which is similar to the wheel of life used by some life coaches, I guess. And it's advocated for by researchers who regard the lineal linear model as static and limited. All right. So I'll post a picture of the wheel and you can kind of see it. But I just want to read off the different categories within this wheel. So instead of like the DSM list as like, I think it's like social deficits, mm-hmm. uh, repetitive stereotypes, behaviors, blah, blah, blah. I think this just kind of like speaks to a fuller picture of all these different aspects of autism. Mm-hmm. So under this wheel, the autistic traits are fixations. So that's special interests. Uh, you have like abnormal or flat speech. You have noise sensitivity, social difficulty, anxiety, abnormal posture, poor eye contact ticks and fidgets, aggression, and depression. Once again, I know this can all sound like negative, but I do think that they like represent different aspects of the autistic experience better. I think it kind of breaks it down a little bit better. And, you know, like 
within this wheel, like Kristen, we were talking about how you have a bit of like a flatter speech affect than I do. Yes. And so like in that aspect, in that category, your circle would be like filled in more than right, mine would. Right, right. So it's like it's a pie. So there's nine pizzas in the pie. And then each slice of pizza has five sections of like or levels of severity, I guess. Yeah, of like how much this thing impacts you or how much of this trait do you have right right so i think within that you could use maybe like a one to ten scale just like for you know simplicity's sake of like being able to describe like within fixations i think i'm more at like maybe an eight whereas someone else might be at like a five you know but that's not talking about the severity from one to ten of how much autism do i have right it's more like within this category how much do i it's a category within a category yeah the nesting doll of categories. Ah, uh, yes, a Russian nesting doll of yeah. categories. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and and so it so we I think it breaks it down better rather than like high low. It just means that you know you're still so like you're still level one, but mm. you know your level one looks different than my level one. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah that's a good way so, to put it. So your pizza slices are different. Maybe mm. you have you know mushrooms and olives, and I have mushrooms and green peppers. I do like mushrooms and olives. That's a good example. Yeah, it's not like it's not functioning labels, which I think is a really important distinction. Mm-hmm. We're not saying, yeah, that you are more functional or less functional than me. It's yeah, just how much are you impacted by this thing? Right. Like with poor eye contact, I think you and I are pretty similar. We in are that very aspect. similar. Yeah. And then when it comes to like noise sensitivity, I think you and I are pretty similar. Same. I think anxiety. I you're a bit higher than um, I am. Yep, I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, Ticks and fidgets. Uh, we're we're kind of similar. similar. I guess, we, is there a test we can take to, like, get our own pie charts? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if this is something that, like, a medical professional has you fill out or how they measure it. How do we get a pie chart? Yeah, I'll look into that, how we okay. can get our own pie charts. Yeah, maybe but, we can figure it out and send a link out. Yeah. So everybody can get their own eye pie. Yep, yep. So everybody can get their own pie chart. Yeah. Don't you want your own pie chart? Everybody. Oh, man. (laughs) We both cannot speak to Everybody likes pie is what I'm trying to say. I like pie. Everybody likes pie. Everybody likes pizza. It's a pizza pie. Pizza pie. Fly, fly, pizza pie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that's from. You don't? Give me pizza. Oh, that's it. P-I-Z-Z-A. Whipped cream pour like waterfalls. That's taking me back. One of the best YouTube videos of all time. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Um, So I don't have an assessment specifically to fill out this pie chart, but what I do have is called the monotropism questionnaire. Oh, is this the one we're supposed to take together, you and I? It is one of them, yes. I don't think I've actually talked about it on the podcast before because it came out like right after we recorded our last ADHD episode, I think. Oh, so it's fresh. Nice and fresh. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about the difficulties with autism assessments where it's like it's written by an outsider perspective. It doesn't really capture like the internal experience of being autistic. And, you know, you can get information from it, but it just has never none of them have ever really felt like, yes, this is me. Like, oh, I see that in me the way that like an ADHD assessment has. Mm -hmm. I've always felt like now that I've learned about autism, yes, I can see how I'm like rigid and I can see how I fit that one. But. Someone came out with what is called the monotropism questionnaire. It's the only autism assessment that was designed by autistic people. 
Ooh. So you're going to have oh. a lot more representation of that internal experience. And it's not like a diagnostic criteria. This isn't like it. This test is not meant to diagnose you, but it can be very helpful in your self-diagnosis process of like adding one more piece of the puzzle in. Mm. And I took it. I scored incredibly high, first of all. Did like, you really? Knocked it out of the park. Nice. Um, almost as high as Nailed you it. can get. Oh, really? Yeah, very high. Um, Great. I don't know if it's just because I'm like, I'm relating to them so hard that I'm like, yes, this is me. And I'm just like putting strongly agree with all of them. But also, I guess that what else would it be if not that? Right. I also I feel like this is your fixation. Yes. This is your special interest. So you're going to be very passionate about this regardless. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sure that does impact like my answers as opposed to someone else who maybe is autistic, but it isn't their special interest. But I still think either way I would score very high. (laughs) But I'm going to post a link for that. Go check it out. Like I said, it's not you know, it's not diagnosing you, but I think it can be very helpful to kind of see your own answers and have like the questions just do a very good job of explaining specific examples of how these things like rigidity, black and white thinking, difficulty with transitions, like how they can impact you day to day, which is what we always talk about. It's hard to conceptualize, like, how does this impact me? So go check it out and take it if you're interested. If you've never really like clicked with an autism assessment before or if you've never been able to finish an autism assessment before because <laughs> the questions weren't specific enough for you, I think this one will be a lot better. Um, like some of the questions are, I often struggle to concentrate in unpredictable environments. I need an example. What's an unpredictable? Just one where you don't have control over the environment, where it's like people are coming in and out and you have no control over it. Um, I, uh, I need an example. Okay. Well, uh, not, never mind. Next. Okay. <laughs> I often engage in lengthy discussions on topics I find interesting, even though my conversational partners do not. Yes. I oh, relate to man. that one so hard. Uh-oh. I'm like, I can tell you're not interested in autism, but I am. Can't, you, when you can't even stop yourself. Yes. And, it's and like, you're like. You're internally, you're like observing yourself. You're like, stop it. Stop, stop it. No stop. one's interested. They don't like it. It's not. Yep. This isn't the right time. Yep. Oh, here's another one. Uh. I don't mind if someone interrupts me. Lucy, go away. You're interrupting. Yeah, I do mind. I mind a lot. I mind so much. Okay, one more time. (laughs) I don't mind if someone interrupts me when I'm in the middle of an activity. I mind a lot. I mind so much. I mind. Nothing is more infuriating to me than this. It makes me so angry. I can be so so mean. Yes, if I'm interrupted. When I'm like so focused on something. Right. And then I, it, like, fills me with rage. Um, oh, another one I just saw. Where is it? Oh, sometimes making a decision is so hard I get physically stuck. Yes. I relate to that yes. one. It's like I'm short-circuiting. Where I'm like, oh! You just need to, like... And it could... It doesn't even have to be a hard decision. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's just, like, I hate the... And this is, like, a classic, like, where do you want to go out to dinner? Like, what do you want to eat tonight? And you're like... How dare you ask me that question? Yes, it's so overwhelming. But like the other day, Lucy had this nasty ass meat bone that she had buried in the yard and then she <laughs> dug it back up and brought it inside and dropped <clears throat> it on the carpet and all these ants started coming no! out. And I was like, I didn't even know what to do because I was so grossed out, like sensory wise, I was so overwhelmed. I didn't know if I should like 
pick Lucy. the bone up and take it outside. But then what do I do about the ants? And it's like I couldn't figure out where to start and what to do. And I was just like frozen. And I just needed Ian to come up and help me because I was like, uh, I need help making a decision. <laughs> right. It was like my brain was short circuiting. I couldn't even figure out where to even start. Right. Sometimes it's just like, bah! yes. So along those lines, another question is, I often get stuck thinking about all the possibilities that might come out of a decision. Yes. Yes. And, oh, what was one that just reminded me of you? Oh, I usually mean what I say and no more than that. I'm very guilty. Of yes. That. Very blunt. You mean exactly what you say. I, You're not hinting at things or implying things. I'm not things. hinting. I'm a bad hinter. Yes. Um, And when I'm hinting, it will be fucking obvious. Like, <laughs> You'll know. it's not a hint. Yeah. It's like anyone who's not more autistic than you are. Not more autistic. Different autistic. Yeah. But anyone else can get it. Unless they are also autistic. Unless they're someone, yeah, yeah. I won't elaborate, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I've been called out by my mother. My mother, Kristen, you're so blunt. Gotta stop it. Um, yeah. I, I, um, yeah. I guess sometimes feels get hurt when you say what you mean and nothing more. Yeah. And um, I guess we were just talking about this. I feel. Like the kindest thing, not the kindest, but one of the kindest things you can do is be honest. Be yourself. Because um, one, I'm not a liar because I'm really bad at it. Same. So I don't try to be. Um, but I guess there's like levels of honesty. Yes. And maybe when you're always, I guess, brutally honest, as my mom would call it, maybe that's not the best thing. Yeah. Not everybody appreciates it like I would appreciate yes. it. Yes. Yes. And I think that's part of the problem. Like, I feel like you just learned the rule, like, lying equals bad. And you were just like, oh, yep. lying is lying bad. Always is tell bad. the truth no matter what. You know, <laughs> yep. no yep. room for nuance, you know <laughs> no white you lies in there. I, I feel like, so, like, when we're in surgery and I disagree, because sometimes surgeons will make decisions and I disagree with it. Or and, and, and this is just, you know, colleague to colleague, we just kind of discuss what's going on. And, and I've stopped being like, well, don't you think... Because they, no, they don't think. They, they do think, but they are thinking differently than I'm thinking. So rather than being casual about like, hmm, let's try, or what about this? I just go, I don't like that. <laughs> and they go, well, why? And then, and then I prompted them to ask question why. And I go, I just don't like it. And then they rethink and then usually end up agreeing with me. But they come to the conclusion. So I'm not lying and I'm not being deceptive. Yeah. I'm just saying my opinion is I don't like it. Yeah, it's kind of like don't ask for my opinion if you don't want my honest opinion. Right? Because, yeah, I, I also can't lie. One um one of our surgeons goes, you know, Kristen, I love that even if I'm not asking it for it, you're gonna give me your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> was that a backhanded compliment? I don't I don't know what it was, but I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> I maybe you. it was, but. You wouldn't have picked up I on it. I wouldn't have picked up on it. <laughs> Take it as a compliment. I was like, oh, you really like that? That's great. Because I got a lot of opinions and you're going to hear all about them. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I've been doing lately. I just go, I don't like this. Yeah. Nice and blunt. To the point. Yep. To the point. All right. I got one more monotropism okay. one. I sure. can read all of these and relate to all of them, but I'll do one more and then we'll move on. Okay. I tend to feel quite self-conscious unless I'm deeply absorbed in a task. I relate to that so hard and yeah. I've never put it in that phrasing but that's what it is yeah. i feel so aware of myself unless i have a thing where i know exactly what to do and what i'm doing and i'm like absorbed in it 
then I'm not thinking about how others are kind of like me. let the mask down. Yeah, I'm kind of it's like I click into this focus. And now instead of focusing on myself and how I'm behaving and how I'm mm-hmm. holding myself and how people are perceiving me, I'm now just completely focused on this task. And actually, I didn't even explain what monotropism is, but it's essentially that it's um, monotropism is a non pathologizing theory of autism developed by Dr. Dinah Murray, Dr. Wen Lawson and Mike Lesser. And it's essentially this theory about how autism works, where uh, they say at any one moment, the amount of attention available to a conscious individual is limited. The authors suggest that competition between mental processes for scarce attention is an important factor in shaping the cognitive process. That sounds like nothing when I say that. Essentially, it is, here, I'll read this one. So the researchers suggest that autistic minds focus more energy and resources on a smaller number of things at any one time. This has been likened to having tunnels of attention, which is how I describe it. I always say it's like I have like this tunnel of attention where monotropic people become so highly engaged in their specific interest that they may not notice what is happening outside of that space, but equally could be hypervigilant within that attention tunnel. This can make work highly productive and enable people to enter flow states, allowing more profound, focused creativity and providing joy. However, if you are monotropic, it may feel quite distressing and take a lot of energy to switch channels of attention to different tasks and activities. So when we talk about transitioning, we talk about getting into the wet. Mm. Like ADHD does come with some difficulty transitioning because that's like an executive function of being able to switch from one task to another. Yep. But with autism, especially when you look at it through this monotropism lens, it takes so much effort to switch that tunnel of vision to a different thing that it can be very distressing when you're interrupted. Yes. Yeah. I have an example. Okay. Okay. What do you got? When Christopher and I first moved in, I still I had a lot of plants and I wanted to have like a plant deck. And he, I went, I wanted to, I had a bunch of plants I needed to repot and just take care of and my bonsais. And I was like, I'm going to have plant day. And I had my headphones in and I was like, this is it. This is like my Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm repot these plants. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to not talk to people. I love those days. before I moved in with Christopher, these days were great because I didn't have to talk to anybody. It was just me and Snickers rocking and rolling. Um, Snickers isn't very chatty. And yeah, so, it's mostly you. Yeah, it's mostly me. So, but he kept saying like, oh, you want me to go to the store to get milk? Do, um, do you do you need this done? Or can I do this? Or um, can I tell you about something interrupting my plant time? Uh, you know, I'm I had upset. the headphones on for the upset. reason. This was my thing. And I was getting infinitely more upset because i'm like you're ruining my thing my whole thing is i don't get to talk to people it's just me and the plants yeah and having to like switch your attention not just being interrupted but having to switch your train of thought from plants in my thing you're like now you're switching yeah my element my thing to do and now you're you know and and it's like harmless things like look at my video game or look at this thing that i made or i have a question about living together and i'm like really I think I, I ended up snapping at him and I felt bad, but I'm like, I'm like trying to get in the zone. You're getting me out of my zone. And I think when we're not the ones in the zone, when we're the Christopher in that scenario, yes. we don't realize we will do the same thing yes. where we don't realize how disruptive it I can be. I interrupt Christopher all the time when he's like in battle in the video game and I just kind of look over his shoulder. I'm like, this looks intense. And he's like, yes. 
And I'm like, it looks like you're losing. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, I think you're going to die. And he's like, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's one of those like hypocritical things where right. it's like we fucking hate when someone right. else will interrupt us. But also some... when we're not in that mode of focus, like I think our ADHD can also be not. I don't want to use the Christopher. Like, I don't want to use Christopher as the interrupter. No, you can use him. All he's right. going to hear it. Sorry, so. Christopher. Yeah, you're going to be. But I think even when we don't have a person there to interrupt us, our ADHD can often act as that person right. where I love to be clicked into that monotropic focus. Right. Of I'm doing one thing. This is my thing. I'm in it. It feels so good to my brain. But it is so hard for me to click into that because yes. my ADHD is like, but what if we have to do this now suddenly? Right. Or what about this? And it's like, yeah, I can be my own worst enemy, even if there's no one around interrupting me. I, I also will, feel I like me. it's a big time management thing. Like, mm. I would love to have another, like, big plant day again. Like, I still have a couple plants. Plants always need repun. Um, But I know it's going to be, like, a giant thing. And I have to carve out, for me to actually enjoy my hobbies, I have to carve out this big chunk mm. of time. I need to you know, make sure all everything's all settled, like make sure the cats aren't going to get in there and stuff. It's 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 hard for me to get into the wet and it's hard for me to like make sure that when I do it, I have a good time. And I think that ties into our all or nothing thinking, like how I say that we can't just like clean for 15 minutes a day. I'm going to not clean at all and then do it for eight hours. And I think the monotropism, now that you're saying that, is part of that. Right. It's not just the black and white, all or nothing, I need to do it all or nothing at all. Right. It's also, I like to be able to click into that thing where I have a whole day right. of plans of like cleaning or whatever, this where it's is like, it. this is what I am doing. And once I get in that flow state, I want to keep it going as long as possible. Right. And I also feel like it's it's hard, like once you're in there, you're in there and yeah. it's hard to get out of there, yes. you know? To the and, point where we will like neglect ourselves and other right. things. right. Because it feels so good to be in it, but it's also like you are—you still need to stop and pee, and you should be drinking water, and you should be eating snacks. Right. But it's so intense where we can just totally ignore our most basic and needs. And I know, like, playing, like, video games, like, if I give myself, like, I'm only going to do this for an hour, and I'm going to set a timer, I'm having a less fun time because I know it's going to end. Yeah. Oh, my God. Massages? I'm so stressed the whole time because I'm just counting down the time until it's done. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm like, stop it. Just enjoy it in the moment. But I'm like, so is that like a hyper focus or is that monotropism? I mean, I think with those examples, yeah, it's kind of like I'm sure ADHDers relate to that as well. Yeah. So I think that's kind of more of like a hyper focus thing or, you know, I think there's other elements to that as well. I feel like there's or, a lot of gray lines here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem with talking about ADHD and autism is because we have not had much research on you know autistic women or you know autistic people who are you know gender non-conforming or people who are black or indigenous or people of color and also with ADHD like that's a whole missing category of research where yeah I think we're all kind of in the struggle of like okay mm -hmm. like what exactly is ADHD what exactly is autism what does it look like together what are the differences like it's just so hard to suss out so I think us talking through these personal experiences is helpful. Hopefully, hopefully. for people, I let find us know. it helpful. If they're not helpful. <laughs> let us don't don't tell us, please. Just say nothing. Say we're doing a great job. Yeah, lie to us if you can. Yeah, it was beautiful gowns. We have beautiful gowns. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like like I I don't know. I know that like comparing myself to Ian is not all is not like the full spectrum of what 
just ADHD looks like versus ADHD. But I do think it's a very good example for me to kind of relate to and try to figure out, okay, like what exactly about him is different than how I do things. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, just like we said last episode, learning about ADHD or personal life experiences, I think will help you figure out what is what. Okay. Yeah, I think with autistic special interests, yeah, it goes much further beyond that you know we're like you could get into a hyper focus with adhd and yeah maybe you could do things for hours but a special interest is like if you can't do that thing you will be extremely distressed or depressed and like distraught mm-hmm. if i couldn't talk about autism i think I'd, you just explode. i would explode i would yeah. go out of my mind especially like if i had to be in a scenario where people are talking about autism and i couldn't participate oh my God. i would cry like it would be so i can't even think about it it would be so distressing for me i would have to leave and i would go have a meltdown yeah because i'm not allowed to right. talk about my special interest and i it's being brought up and i have to right you know? i just i i feel like um i definitely relate like anytime someone brings up plants and i'm like rein it in don't and they're like, yeah, I put an ice cube in the orchid because it told me to. And you're just like, how dare you? The worst is your ignorance is upsetting. <laughs> the worst is when someone like does ask you a question about your special interest, but they don't they're not looking for your whole no, speech. It's not that. Simple. They just have one question, but it's like, well, get ready for a lecture. Yeah, sit down. You're going to need to. <laughs> I feel like I get so excited. I try to control myself and not talk about my special interest. But then if someone brings it up, it's like now I'm going to talk about it way too much. Right. I can either not talk about it at all or I can talk about it to the most extreme. Right. I can't. There's no in between. How do you. Yeah. Yeah. How do you. uh, It's just it's it's so frustrating because I know people don't want to hear me talk about bonsais forever. You don't want to hear me. No one does. Besides Ian. Ian. Precious, precious Ian. Yeah. He's just like happy to learn. Uh, Yeah. He just sits there and takes it. Yeah. Um, I think because he does not collect information the same way that you and I do, mm. where he's happy to learn about it, but he's not going to be that person himself. He's not going to be the person that's like, right. all right, let me tell you every single thing I learned about bonsais. And let me tell you, but like he, you which know, is he, definitely why he killed a couple bonsais, but that's OK. It's part of the process. He doesn't have enough knowledge. He's not I, collecting he's enough knowledge. Not, you can't bring that plant inside. It's an outdoor plant. Yep. But yeah, I feel anyway. like I do feel like Ian is a good example of, yeah, the extremeness like i just think autism comes with a lot of intensity and adhd comes with a a lot of intensity and then i think autism is like the next level i it's so hard there's so many i just feel like there's a lot of overlap like i think there's a lot of overlap in yeah how the behaviors come out but when you're looking at those like base root causes the causes are causes are different the behaviors are similar yeah the behaviors can look similar and Casey Davis, who I've talked about quite a few times on this podcast, her account is Struggle Care, and she does a lot of like depression cleaning and talks about ADHD and everything. She has a good series on her TikToks where she talks about how she is ADHD with trauma and she does not have autism. And, you know, based on her behaviors and how she talks, like I kind of assume that she was ADHD, mm-hmm. but she has been going through like talking about eye contact, explain, you know, explaining these things that. You know, it might look from the outside that it could be an autistic behavior, but she will explain like what she is feeling internally and how like when I hear her talk about it, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's not autism. But until you have people like that that can really break down those different traits and causes, Mm -hmm. it's just it's so vague and it's so hard to like really understand. 
So that is, you know, part of our aim with these ADHD episodes is, you know, everyone listening or most people listening are ADHD. And I'm sure many people out there have wondered, like, am I also autistic? And I'm hoping that this series helps you kind of figure out which way you're leaning. Or at least (laughs) kind of makes you think a little bit. Yeah. Have a good think. All right. (laughs) So speaking of like that intensity level, I just want to talk a little bit more about like the differences between autism and ADHD. I think when you and I talked about like the autism wants this, the ADHD wants this, here's how they clash with ADHD. I feel like that's really helpful Mm -hmm. for kind of thinking about those two sides. So I just had a few more of those. So someone, it definitely was not Enya. I want to repeat, definitely not Enya. It was someone else. Uh, this person asked me kind of how to tell the difference between like an ADHDer's desire to have order and organization, which, you know, obviously when you have executive dysfunction, you're going to wish you could be more organized. She essentially was like, what's the difference between that versus like an autistic desire for order and organization? And what I said to this person who wasn't Enya, nope. I said, um, I think that it mostly comes down to like intensity and the level of disruption that it causes to you. And I think that's an important measurement to kind of keep in mind with ADHD and autism. Like we say that like neurotypical people can experience some of the traits of ADHD, but if it's not like disabling or it doesn't happen to you all the time or to the point where it's going to like affect your life in a serious way, then it's not ADHD. And that's how it is with autism as well. Like as an ADHDer, you might relate to like a few of the things to a lesser intensity, but um I think that's really the big difference is it's not like super affecting your life, it's not disrupting things, it's not causing you like emotional distress. So, you know, once again, sorry to use Ian as my example, but I was just thinking about how like he wishes he could be more organized because it would make his life easier. He has a lot of executive dysfunction and it really can get in the way of like his cleanliness, his efficiency, his like peace of mind, his ability to trust himself, his time management. And I relate to that as well. Like I'm very dysregulated by my executive dysfunction and I wish I could like get it together more. But I also for me, I think I have a whole nother layer of like not just wishing I could be more organized, but for me, it is like this deep, intense craving of like, I wish I could have this alternate reality where I can have things so extremely organized and controlled that they are like absolutely perfect. Everything is like in its place and everything has a purpose and every element is so controlled. I have no outside distractions or interruptions and I can like follow this set routine so perfectly and I know exactly what I have to do each day. And it's like I have every single element controlled and perfect for me. And it's just Hmm. like I have this intense level of desiring that which Ian does not like relate to that level of intensity in any way like for Ian things can be messy and he'll be like I wish this wasn't so messy but for me it's like so distressing like deep in my body it is so distressing to me where it's like I can't even function I'm so distressed by Mm -hmm. this and you know I know there's also like gender differences so that's you know some of this could be gender differences but that is really an observation I've been making about our differences is he would like he would prefer to be more organized and it can be upsetting to him. You know, he wishes that he had these executive functioning traits, but it's not going to be so deeply distressing and upsetting to him. And also I see the details of everything that I'm missing, everything that I'm not doing, everything that's like out of place. 
And that is also very distressing to me. Whereas Ian is not seeing all the little details that I'm seeing. And so he's like not as upset by it. Yeah. So I feel like I'm able to see what is not done. And that is upsetting. And he's just like, as long as it's like pretty organized, he's happy. What are your thoughts on that? I have thoughts. Um, (laughs) What are they? I, yeah, I think. Like, I think your desire for organization is very intense. Yeah, I think it is. Even to me, it's incredibly intense. I feel like we both have the same desire for organization. I feel like you have more follow through than I do. But you're right. I do have the desire for it. I wish I could. You have a whole board wall dedicated to food organization and meal prep organization. Yeah, but I do that like once in a while and then it kind of falls off and I don't really follow through. Right, right. Well, you. But like with the kitchen being cleaned, like I'm upset. Mm -hmm. Like right now, the kitchen is a mess and it's upsetting to me. But I'm not, like, distraught by it. I'm not, like, thinking about it all the time. Whereas I feel like for you, you're, like, distraught about it. Yeah. And and, and ecstatically like, happy when it is clean. Where you, like, won't be able to sleep if you're, like... No, I, I think about it at night. Yeah. So I don't have... Even though my kitchen is kind of messy. Yeah. And it's also just different. It, like, you know, once again, it'll look different depending on, like, what you really care about. Right, You know, right, what right. you need... To have organization guess, yeah, for. Yeah, well, that, I guess with this example, like, maybe Ian just doesn't really care. Maybe, I'm not speaking in the microphone. Maybe in this example, Ian doesn't really care about the kitchen as much as, I don't know. But it's he's like just, that with everything. Like, every, mm-hmm. he doesn't really have anything where he's, like, so anal and meticulous about it where it's right. like, Jesus, like, okay, where he's going to be like. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, we get it. You <laughs> like your pencils organized. Like, you know, he doesn't really have anything where he will be distressed if it's not organized and i think that like level of distress is what i really see as like a next level of intensity for autism Mm. yes (laughs) i do i do see it i think it's just so it's difficult i think there just needs to be someone should do more studies well i think they're working on that but i think for now yeah you know we've read some studies but i think Putting it in terms of like, yeah, being able to relate it to our daily lives can be helpful. But yeah, I know it's always problematic because there's just personality differences. Personality differences and yeah, maybe gender differences Eh. and personal preferences. And yeah, I think it's it's hard, but I, I see what you're saying. And I agree that it is more distressing to you. Yes. And that's where like the the disability comes mm. in. You know, you shouldn't lose sleep over dishes in the sink. Yes. Um, but sometimes you do. And you shouldn't lose sleep because maybe someone ate a bird on your carpet and you still feel like there might still be feather bits in the carpet, even though you vacuumed it quite a bit. Christopher. Um, <laughs> stop eating birds on the carpet. Um, we had an incident. I can't talk about it right now. I'm still no. upset. Um, okay. A bird is dead. Um, <laughs> but. Yes, I get the 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 disability comes in where it is so distressing to you that it is affecting your state of being. Yeah, where it yeah. can be like truly disabling. Like, yeah, you know, Ian doesn't have anything where it's like if this is out of place or it's not where I normally put it, like I'll be so devastated, dysregulated. Like he doesn't have anything right. like that. Well, whereas for me, I have lots of things like if he yeah. ta- if he uses my fucking towel. He takes my towel <laughs> off my hook. Not the towel. I know. I talk about the towel. But it really, it's so triggering to me. I will have a meltdown because it's like, 
this is where my towel goes. It's always here and I always put it here and I'm like, my hands are wet and I go to use my towel and it's not there and I will, I can't even explain it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand why it's so upsetting to me because he doesn't have anything like that. Have you ever used or has he ever used your toothbrush? Yes. Do people, that doesn't bother me that That doesn't bother you? No. I, see, I'm not bothered by that. I am dating Christopher. If he uses my fucking toothbrush, not only will I burn my house to the ground, (laughs) But I'll burn the toothbrush too. I'll be so mad. I'll throw away his toothbrush and my toothbrush. That's how I feel I'll about be the towels. So upset. That and anger is how I feel about the towels. It's like it's not about like is mine. Yeah, it's mine. It's my toothbrush, and yes. I'm upset about it. I, it's so hard to explain to Ian because he does not understand it, and I think it's when there's a sensory element in there. Because when I am in the bathroom, I expect a certain level of towel to be there. And if I'm like, I hate being wet. I hate having my face dripping wet. I hate having my hands dripping wet. It's like dripping down my wrist. And I have this very routine thing. Every time I get wet, I have to like wipe my hands a certain way. And when it's not there, it's like, how hard is it to res- like pretend it isn't here? Pretend the towel. I'm always just like, pretend the towel doesn't exist. It's like it doesn't exist. It's not about the towel. And I think he sees it as like a you know, maybe a selfish thing where it's like, this is mine. But for me, it's like, it's not that I'm like, this is mine and that's yours. It's more like, this is mine because I want to know exactly where it is at all times. Mm -hmm. And if I can't know where it is and I'm expecting it to be here and it's not here, it is so distressing to me. And also you have the consequence too. The consequence is you have a very like bad experience sensory wise. Yes. You've got wet faces. Yes. You've got wet bodies. And that alone can cause me to have a meltdown. And then on top of that, you're like removing the thing that I expected to be there to help me right. combat the sensory experience. Right. And you've taken it because you forgot your towel. So why not just use Grace's instead of getting your own towel? <sighs> if we ever get divorced, just know you're it's because of the, the towels. Towel. No, <laughs> just know it's because of the towels. <laughs> I'm like so. And I'm always like, I'm going to show him. I'm going to take his headphones and I'm going to move them. And next time he goes to use his headphones. He won't know where they are, but he never knows where they are anyways. So yeah, it's, and there's not nothing a good that move. And there's nothing that he cares about to that level. Like there's there's no way I can trigger him the he way that I am triggered. He's a pretty dude too. And I'm saying chillax with confidence. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. Use it. Yeah. He, but but he, I think that is a difference. I think what we're seeing, you know, on top of, you know, personality, I think part of it is the ADHD versus the autism. I think what we see is like, oh, he's so relaxed and chillaxed and laid back. I think it's just also, he doesn't have the autism in there, you know, whereas for us, it's like I have the chaos of ADHD, which he has, too. But, but then the I have rigidity. this little, yeah, the rigidity of like a little librarian who's like, yeah. no, things no have talking. to be done this way specifically because I say so. I feel that a lot, too. Yes. I, I have kind of, yeah, the chaos of ADHD, but the rigidity of a very mean librarian. Yes. And like how I said that I wish I could like live in an alternate reality where like everything is so intensely organized and perfect. And Mm -hmm. I feel like only when I have that level of intense organization and perfection will I truly be able to focus on something. (laughs) And it will never happen. It will never happen. It's a pipe dream. And it's one of those things where I feel like the all or nothing until I have that level of organization, I feel like I can't get started. Whereas Ian does not relate to like that desire. He doesn't wish he could be locked in a room with everything taken out and he wishes he could have every element of his life controlled so he would know exactly what to do at all times. Like he does not, he wouldn't relate to that in any way. He would not, he would hate that. And my ADHD would hate that, but my autism would love it. If I could just like do the same thing every single day. That'd be great. 
like eating the same foods every day. Yes. Sometimes it's nice. If I could just rely on myself to not get sick of it, I would love that. Yeah. You'd never have to plan. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? All right. And then a few other. We can't um, talk about towels all day. But No. <laughs> but I wish I could. <laughs> we can, but we can't. <laughs> Maybe one episode we'll do like the silliest things that trigger my autistic meltdowns. Yeah. You know, because for me, it's towels <laughs> and it's so silly. And I know it's illogical. But actually, it's very logical. So, no, it's not illogical. And it makes perfect sense. You know what? If it's triggering for you, then it's logical. <laughs> Thank you. Because it's a trigger. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's so hard to explain to someone who doesn't experience those triggers. And that's Yeah. I'm Maybe we can have with. people write in. Do you have any triggers that cause a meltdown? Yes. Let us know at weirdsoffeather at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank God you drew that out. <laughs> yeah. Are you also triggered by people taking your towels? Yeah, Let me know. Or no, I'm sure there's all kinds. I'm sure lots of people have lots of triggers about lots of things, especially the people who listen to this podcast. Yes. So I'd like to know about them. That way I don't feel so alone when I'm crying over something. That yeah. I... Or like you expect to have your safe food, but then someone has like taken it. Oh, my God. I could burn down a village. <laughs> or like, so here... We've talked about this before, but people, there's a phenomenon where people in offices take other people's lunches. And that eat. to me, oh my imagine? God, I can't. Could I you can't imagine? Even think about it? Who I does that? Who does that? <laughs> it's like not even a thing that I would even think of doing because it's so wrong in my brain. Yes, it's so wrong. I can't imagine a world where you're just like, yep, this won't ruin anyone's day right and it's because it would be so distressing to me that i would never consider it if i expect to have a sandwich for lunch that sandwich better fucking be there right if it's not i'm going home reason i'm going home for the day i'm leaving work there's like there i i can't imagine in a world where that is and i'm sure and it's happened before because it's often joked about in like yes tv series and stuff Right. But like people talk about it on Reddit about it happening and people just do it over and over and over. It's like I would make the company set up a security system like I would if someone took my lunch one time, one time I would have some home alone type little tricks to like trap them. I would get my own mini fridge. I would become the ultimate detective. Yeah. Or I would just get Get my my own own mini mini fridge. fridge. I put a lock on it. Yep. No one's allowed to use it. And I'm also, yeah, it's not even just about myself. I'm distraught at the idea of that happening to anyone. Right. If so, if that happened to right. a coworker, I would burn the building Aren't down for them. Are you about allergies? What if they have something in there that's an And allergen. also, people are disgusting. Like, if someone brings in leftovers, you don't know where they've been. You don't right. know what their home is there life is like. in there? There probably is. Sometimes. I think we've talked about this on the podcast I, before, I, and we've so both become upset to by me, it. Because it's, I can't, I'm, I can't even think of, like... It's just, like, not a thing to do, you know? And yes. I can't imagine someone doing it. Like, it just seems like one of the most horrific things someone could do to someone. It's an injustice. It's such an injustice. <laughs> All right, let me read a few more of these uh, ADHD or, like, my ADHD does this, my okay. autism does this. All it right. comes together to I'm a perfect, ready. terrible storm of ADHD. Okay. All right. Uh, I follow this creator, ADHD coach Sheila on Instagram. Go check Sheila. her out. She makes a lot of good graphics uh, with some information. So that's where I got some of these. Okay. So, all right. This first one is the autism does not understand ambiguous social norms or expectations. The ADHD impulsively ignores or forgets to follow social norms and expectations. And then it comes together for the ADHD. You're often harboring feelings of anger or despair regarding social norms and expectations where it's not just that I'm. Part of it is that I'm ignoring social norms and I don't care about them. But also another part of it is that I'm 
not really understanding them. You're ignoring the fact that you're not understanding them. Yes. You're like living in bliss. Yeah, where I'm of. like, I know I don't do this rule correctly, but I don't want to have to learn right. what it is. Oh, I think the it's other day, stupid. it was the first time ever I realized I wasn't making eye contact with the person I was speaking with. I like stopped myself and they're like, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing. And then I just continued to not make eye contact because I didn't want to. I yeah. don't feel like it. I'm not going to. Yeah, that's a good example. Eye contact is one of those things. It was where weird. I'm like, I've never like I know I'm bad at eye contact, but I've never been like in the moment having like a. a it's hard to notice when you're not doing. I was something. like, I don't even know what this kid looks like. And I don't. <laughs> yeah, I have trouble remembering faces. And you're right. I think right. That's part of it. Because I'm, not... I'm not looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell them, tell you what their hands look like. Probably. Yeah. 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 The top of their head. <laughs> Actually, Peter, one of my closest friends for like 10 plus years, Peter? recently told me that he hates eye contact, too. And I'm like, oh. I've never noticed because I also hate yeah. eye contact. <laughs> so, Good thing we're on the same page about that. Yeah. I just yeah. I never would have picked up that you don't make it because I also don't make it. <laughs> but I'm also like actively ignoring the fact that, like, I know that I don't, and I just ignore the fact that I don't. Yeah, but then I feel upset about, like, poor social situations. Like, I like later, when you get about home, it. you're like, damn it. Yes, yeah, so I think about it forever, but in the moment, I'm like, I don't want to have to follow these stupid fucking rules. Yeah. Can't tell me what to do. Yeah. Rules. But then I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, you're like ah, I should have done what I was supposed to do. Yeah. All right, here's another one. Uh, this is you. Autism is people thinking you're rude because you communicate literally, directly, and with a flat affect. ADHD is people thinking you're rude because you impulsively interrupt and blurt things out. And then the ADHD is not knowing why people think you're rude or how to fix it. Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. I am just... <laughs> like, I can see how, like, ADHD social skills come across as, like, rude if you're, you know, interrupting or blurting yeah. things or looking around because you're distracted. And then I think with autism, yeah, you have that next layer of also kind of having that direct. What I have to say is very direct. Yes. You know what? I'm in a career where people enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. Communication is key. And you wouldn't know if they didn't enjoy it. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I really wouldn't. I just. Like we don't have the social skills to know no. whether we're missing social skills. Right, right. Yep. Um, and kind of along those same lines. The autism prioritizes direct speech, which can, which can often be considered blunt. The ADHD can have sensitivity to direct speech because of RSD, that rejection-sensitive rejection dysphoria. And the ADHD can look like the hypocrisy of wanting direct communication but struggling when others are blunt with oh you. Oh, my God. Which I have. This is... Yes. I yes. Want, I want direct communication, but also like, don't Not hurt too my direct. feelings. Yeah. Be nice about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar-coated a little bit. Yeah, but I, then I feel like for you, you're like, well, why? I just want to speak bluntly. People should be able to handle the truth. Right. But, but then when people tell me the truth, I'm like, ah, <laughs> Yep, I love this. <laughs> yep. oh, Glad this you're being honest. what I asked for. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's kind of along the same lines of being late to things, but also being very distressed about other people being late. Yes. <laughs> that think, is me. Yes. It, it hurts that my is soul. You. Yeah. And then one more is with autism. I love learning about the few things or I love learning a lot about the few things I am interested in. With yes. ADHD, it's I love learning a little about a lot of things I'm interested in. And for ADHD, it's I love learning about things I'm interested in. Yes. And I think we've talked about that before where like ADHD is a wider spread of interest and AD or and autism is a more narrow, intense interest in like a, like 
fewer things. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, with ADHD, it's like I want to learn all these different things and I want to learn them very intensely. Right. It's not like it's not like one cancels out the other. Yes. And then you get a neurotypical. That's not how that works. <laughs> it's autism math. Yeah. <laughs> it does, that's not how that works. Yeah. No, they they just like they make a different, you know. It's just like super interest. Right. Right. It's not really like myself. a blue and yellow make green. It's blue and yellow make really intense blue and really intense yellow. Maybe. I don't know where I was. That's a bad analogy because I was going to say green. And it doesn't make sense. (laughs) They make a different green. (laughs) A different, imagine a different shade of green. Yeah, a different color. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's completely different. You guys get it. I got to come up with a better analogy. You know what I mean. I am so interested to listen to this episode and be like, did we say anything? (laughs) We just been talking for hours. Yes. Um, Have we cleared things up for no, anyone? No, I think I'm more confused than I was. You're making me more confused. I'm I was sorry. like, at the beginning of this episode, I was like, I got it. You I got know it. the differences. We are in here questioning me. Questioning. Don't question me. Yeah. <laughs> just take what I say just for a very fact. very blunt about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just thinking about you in terms of like social conversations. Yeah. And a thing that I've noticed that you do, which I can do this too, but you do it especially, okay. is you get so stuck on these irrelevant details and questions where you just want to like zone in on this one detail of a thing that someone's saying and it's not what that's not what the topic it's like is my, here's the thing it's my you get favorite so thing to do it's like that is not relevant to what i'm trying to say you're like missing the overall picture right because you're so stuck on this sometimes, one little detail so yes and then sometimes i do this on purpose knowing that it's going to make the other person upset that i'm stuck <laughs> on a detail that's not Relevant to the overall story that they're talking about, but it's really funny. I do this to my coworker often. It's one of those like inside jokes with yourself. Yes, no one knows you're joking, so, so it's just funny really annoying. To me, and I know they get upset about it. You do it to me all the time, and I, I get so triggered by it on this podcast. You guys know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, so funny. It's just I'm like, <laughs> I know they're trying to convey something else. <laughs> I know. Great. I'm glad you're having a laugh. I'm having a laugh with myself. But then other times it's totally over my head and I can't get past. Have we talked about the lobster pot on this podcast yet? It's embarrassing. All right. I don't have to tell it. It's I. Yeah, it's 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 not my proudest moment. (laughs) I just think it's a good example of how your brain works. I'm a little bit embarrassed by it because. I don't think it's something to be embarrassed of. Well, it's kind of like, I feel bad because we had a friend in distress. I think different friends bring different things to a friendship. And you don't want everyone who has the same kind of support. Some people need to ask very, very detailed questions about the functionality of something that has nothing to do with the I didn't know it was an optical illusion. I thought... All right, so I'll tell the story. Essentially, we had a friend who had gone through a breakup and then the stupid fucking ex-boyfriend, he had a new, he has a new girlfriend now. Who looks suspiciously like her yeah yeah it's weird i would agree but essentially he and this new girlfriend posted some pictures on instagram they had gone to this like museum and they posted this one picture of them together in a lobster pot and she had sent it to us being like upset that this guy had moved on and or that he was like you know just the way you are when your ex has a new partner and we're just she was just kind of like looking for some emotional support in that moment and just sending us this picture like can you believe they're posting this picture blah 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 
Kristen was so stuck. So it's not just a, you're missing the whole point. Okay. It's not just a lobster pot. It's apparently an optical illusion where yeah. it looks like you're. They're at like an optical illusion museum, yeah. I think. And the lobster pot looks way small. It doesn't, it still doesn't make sense in my mind that this lobster pot is like very small, but they're both able to fit into it. They look way too big for the pot. And essentially, she was wanting us to kind of comfort her in this moment of distress of, you know, an ex-partner has moved on and posting happy pictures on Instagram. And Kristen is just so stuck on the logistics of physically, how did they get, just like Jessica Day. in my mind, I just want to explain it. So in my mind... They were never there. <laughs> That's right. You, you have this whole yeah. conspiracy that they, they were lying. They photoshopped themselves <laughs> to be in the pot and just to get back at her. And I was like, those bitches. How dare they? Yeah, that's right. You were so right? stuck on it being a conspiracy. It was a conspiracy. It's like, Kristen, no, they're, they're there. It's an optical illusion. Move past it. Let's. I wish we could, like, post this picture without it being morally wrong. I know. That and would we be can just have a debate her. about it. But yes. we won't. Technically, I was providing support because I was about to grill into these people. And then I realized. <laughs> oh, they're lying and they're not actually. The why museum. would you like why? Well, that was the they thing. Why lying. would they lie about that? And you were getting so worked up about them lying about being at this museum. It's like, that's not the issue we're talking about, Kristen. <laughs> the issue. He's at the museum. It's not photoshopped. He's there. I like really. I, I yeah, it was a weak point. For and me. you could I, not let it go. I couldn't let it go. You I were... made up a conspiracy in my mind. It was very entertaining <laughs> for me. And um, turns out it is not true. And I definitely missed the mark on being a supportive friend. And that's what it, what's really embarrassing. You were just so tricked by the optical illusion. Yeah, it was a really good one. <laughs> it was quite the optical illusion. Yeah. Um, I feel bad and I'm embarrassed because, yeah, she was really reaching out for emotional support and I did not deliver. You're like, okay, but how did they get in the lobster <laughs> pot? <laughs> If you look at the angles, it definitely looks warped. Yeah, on you're this like wall. you're like zooming in, and you're yeah. sending pictures of like the zoomed <laughs> in, like a, a circle. <laughs> you're like Charlie Day hanging up the strings, yeah. and meanwhile she's like, "Oh, I'm sad." <laughs> you're like, "No, no, no! The optical illusion is not there. They're not actually there." <laughs> uh, it's embarrassing because it was a friend reaching out, and I, I um, really missed it, and I get why. Some people think I'm cold. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I think when you explain it, I think it should be less embarrassing because it's not that you're cold or, like, disengaged or disinterested. It's that, like, your autism is so stuck on this thing, you can't move past I it. I couldn't move past it. But that I feel like it's not, I, it's an explanation, but it's not an excuse. Like, I definitely should have been like, hey, I'm really sorry. But also, how'd they get in that how pot? <laughs> Yeah, okay, maybe that's the trick. Give the comfort first, then follow up with the conspiracy theories. I just flip it. Just like in my mind, I was like, how dare they <laughs> post a fake and obviously fake? Why would they do that? I don't know. That's why I was so upset about to it. To upset her. Yes. And they knew it. Anyway. Anyway. Thank you for sharing that and allowing me to share <laughs> I, one of your vulnerable like, moments. It's like, like, like now, like, you, you can laugh about it, but 
I, I do feel bad about it. Like, but she I'm, knows who it's not how a you good are. Friend move on my part. Well, like I said, I think different friends provide different things, and you're not. I'm not the emotional one. Yeah, yeah. and I can jump in in those moments. That's, and if we need someone me. to dissect a conspiracy theory, we'll call you in. You know, <laughs> I'll bring in a PowerPoint presentation. You'll come prepared. <laughs> Here's a stack of peer-reviewed journals on <laughs> yeah. optical illusions. I've researched the museum. I've gone yeah. through photo by we photo have on to their go website. To, so here's the thing: we need to do another Wolf Stay Out where we go to this museum. I need to see it for myself before you can believe before it. Before I can like die happy, you know. All right. All right, we could add it to the list. Um, and maybe maybe we can post a picture of us in the pot, and then you guys can be like, "How'd they get that How'd pot?" How'd they get that pot? Because I don't I don't know how to else to explain it to listeners. It's a pot with an optical illusion. I think you're just so tricked by optical illusions. Apparently. I think that's what we're learning. I... You're really, really tricked very easily by an optical <laughs> illusion. <laughs> All right. I just thought they've like photoshopped the photo and I thought that was stupid. <laughs> Why would you do that? You exactly. Wouldn't. Why would they do that? You they wouldn't. wouldn't. That's the, yeah. And they didn't. And they didn't. <laughs> The answer is they didn't. We have to move on. We've been talking for hours. We've been talking for so long. Oh, All my right. God. I want to end. So silly. <laughs> you know, I think that specific example will be helpful for someone out Hopefully. there. Well, they'll be like, I do that. Maybe. I struggle to give my friends emotional comfort because I'm too stuck on the logistical details that don't matter. details. Yes. Or like getting the details of the story so you can fully understand it. And they're like, it's not about the details. It's about... The emotional support yeah. missing the mark. Yeah. That's but for you it's like, no, I need all the details. I will I do that too sometimes, you know, just in different scenarios. Mm-hmm. But I will also get stuck on little details that maybe don't matter compared to the full picture. I think and we can talk about strengths and stuff, but I think sometimes it's nice to be stuck on the details. Are we at the point where we talk about yep. our strengths? I was gonna say I wanna end it with our autistic slash ADHD strengths. Yeah. Well, good thing we're talking about them. So I j- I'm just <laughs> thinking off the spot here on this one, but I think my job as a physician associate is to um support, you know, it's take it's to take care of patients, but also I think we have I have a very close relationship with the surgeons where they rely on me, I rely on them. We get the job done. I think when you're a surgeon, you have to make lots of decisions. You know, you're looking at scans, you're looking at CAT scans, you're looking at the patient, you're looking at, you know, maybe photos of their feet. Who knows? That's a real thing. Um, Just for your own self-interest. No, no, no. <laughs> Just it's, your end of feet. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're, you know, looking at measurements and how big the aneurysm is or something like that, you know. And and I think sometimes you're thinking about so many, all these different things, um, you know, planning and doing a surgery that sometimes these little details get, like, swept away. Mm. And that's where I come in. And I say, you know, if you're going to give them a shoulder block, how are they going to use their cane when they get home? Things like that. Mm. And I Yeah, think I'm good that at thinking is, of that, too, of how will this right, play out. How will this play out in the long run? Or, like, little things that, you know, might be overlooked. Because you're thinking of so many different things, and mm. maybe they're not, like, a huge thing. But it's enough, the details. The it's details matter. details. So it's a nice, like, one-two relationship. Yeah, I think those details can either be like very debilitating to us where we get so stuck on this thing or they can be a huge asset where it's like we're so good at caring about the details that other people yeah, maybe overlook. Well, I think it's nice to work with someone who's taking care of like the big stuff, the big necessities. I got to call this person. I got to schedule this. Mm. We have to get these studies. Whereas these like little small things that I can get stuck on sometimes I'm allowed to get stuck on them because there's someone else doing the other stuff. 
Yeah. So it all comes together. Yeah. So that's a good one. Yeah, that's one of my strengths. Hmm. It can also be a weakness. Yeah. But <laughs> it can get in the as, way. As we've as we've discussed. Yes. Um, I think another strength um is I'm a very good rule follower. Yes. Or, you or, are. Or, the thing is the rule has to make sense in my mind morally, logistically, and it has to be interesting. And if it doesn't fit my rule requirements, I'm not following it. Yeah. But if it does, then I will. Yeah. If you give me an explanation of like, we need to do this policy now. If you just say that, nope. Yeah. Not I gonna don't follow care. it. You gotta explain your reasoning. Yep. Because I can't just blindly follow something unless it no, I cannot. Yeah. Um, I need to know why. I need to care about it. But yeah, but then you know, once I care about it and it, once it makes sense to me, um, I will very, like, so much so where, like, it's distracting how much I will follow this rule. Like, it can be so rigid. So rigid. Yeah. Like, if it's not X, then it's wrong. Yeah. And I think that is kind of one of those things that trips us up with autism is we don't leave room for nuance. It's right. like, it's either this or it's not, you know. It's, it's all like, or bust. Yeah. You have to do it this way because right. of X, Y, and Z. Right. But yeah, I think it can also be a strength where mm -hmm. you, yeah, learn the rules that are important and you, once you learn why they're important and you care about it, then you right. are very, very good at like making sure this rule the is rule followed. The rule follower. You are. It just little, has to be the right rules. Little hall monitor Christian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank God we didn't have hall monitors because, oh man. I'm I would have been the worst. I'm working on my unofficial autism categories and mm -hmm. hall monitor autism is one of my types of autism. <laughs> Like Tina from Tina. Bob's Burgers. And yes. I think when you just have she... autism, I think even more so, you're even more rigid of a rule follower. Right. Because I think the ADHD gets us to maybe like question things more or maybe we don't have the ability to always follow the rule. Right. And so that can kind of throw things off. I think when you just have autism and you have the ability to follow through on rules, I think for the most part, you're probably like even more rigid about mm -hmm. it. And Tina is a great example of that. Tina is a great she's, example. Yeah. Once there's a rule, she's following. Yes. I think... The way I learn, and I think you were going to do, like, a bottom-up learning episode eventually. Yes. Um, the way I learn is I have to ex understand the entire thing before I know it mm -hmm. because it has to make sense to me. I can't—I'm um, surprisingly given my career bad at anatomy because it's just, like, blindly memorizing things. Mm. But until it makes sense to me, like, the, the anatomy I know is all pertaining to— the surgeries I do. So it has to make sense to me. It has to have a purpose. It has to have something. But I think because um, the way that I learn and that I'm not just like memorizing facts to memorize them, I'm I'm learning it to know and understand it and as a whole and how it relates to me as a person. Like a, like a system. You're learning yeah, the system. Yeah, the whole system. Um, I think I'm better at explaining it. Um, and, and we've already talked about this, that I'm very good at explaining things that are complicated to explain them in non-complicated terms, especially when it comes to my mother. Your mother. My mother. Ma. Not never. Not never. <laughs> yeah. She, she um, someone likes my, my mother, impress, uh, my, the impersonation of my ma. Yeah. Definitely um, not Enya. Someone else. <laughs> someone else. Enya. Someone else really enjoyed it. And I appreciate the feedback because she does sound like that. She has a very thick accent. Which I wasn't aware of until I had a friend from not New England come and visit. And they were like, whoa. Yeah, you're like a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> and they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'm good at explaining things, but I think it's the way my brain learns. Mm. Yeah. And I also think, and this kind of deals with, with uh, uh, my hobbies more, 
I'm very good at tinkering. And I don't know if this is an ADHD thing, but I think I'm very good at making tiny little adjustments to achieve an overall goal. And I Hmm. kind of like enjoy it. Like, let's make this small adjustment. See me back in a week. Let's see how you do. Or like, let's snip this little branch off this little bonsai here and let's see what happens. Like, it's very satisfying to make these little tiny adjustments Hmm. and to see what happens in the long term. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's for everybody. No, I don't. I don't have that one. Yeah. I want to make big changes and see big results. And if I can't, then I'm just (laughs) not going to do it. I think that's good, too. But I also enjoy, like, the fine nuance of tinkering. Yes, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like, like, fine-tuning things. I want to make a big change and have a big impact. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think we're different in that way. And I can definitely see that being a strength. Yeah. And then, so, we already talked extensively about my bluntness. I won't elaborate on that. Um, but lastly, I think I'm a very um, uh, ambitious person. Yes, and I, you are. And I set lots of goals, and goals are meant to be achieved. So um, that's yeah. my rule that I do. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, I feel like it's a new rule. rule. Yeah, yeah, this is the rule is that I achieve this. I've, I've made a goal that I have to achieve it. So now that's my rule is I have to achieve all my goals. It sucks when you make a bunch of goals and you're like, fuck, I got to achieve all these things. Damn it. Damn it. And And sometimes, like, can we talk about Harry Potter for a minute? Uh, no, no, okay. we're out of time. We are out of time. Okay. But I would just say I'm, I, I'm an ambitious person. So I think you can guess what house I would be in. Um, because sometimes I can like blindly follow that. Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm like a good mix between a Slytherin and a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Actually, I would agree with that. Yeah. 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 And I think that like rigid rule following, like you said, it can be, you know, used in bad ways sometimes. Yeah. I think that. Depends on the rule. Yeah. And I think we talk about like uh, having a strong like moral compass when you're autistic and I and ADHD, but especially autistic. And I do think it's important to keep in mind that like that doesn't necessarily mean that we are like great people and we never do harm. I think when you are a rigid rule follower, moral compass just means whatever you see as being morally right. And you will be so rigid about it to the point where if you have someone indoctrinating you or putting bad ideas in your head or you grow up in the wrong environment. And you're told that, like, these are the rules. You're like, okay, these are the rules. And you can end up enforcing rules that are, like, very harmful. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, I'm not saying they're great rules that I make for myself, but they are my rules. And if it's a rule, I'm going to follow it. Yeah. And I do think as you've grown up, you have done a better job at not just following every rule you're given like you did when you were little. I think yeah. more now you analyze it of, like, wait a minute, does this align with what I see as being morally just or right or whatever? Right. Or does this rule make sense? You're not just like blindly following all rules because they're yeah. rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are your I want to know about your strengths. Do you have many strengths? You're a strong person. I'm so strong. Uh, I got the back of a paddle border, as I've been told. Uh, the, what? <laughs> Some man told me Who I had a paddle paddle board. Was he back. like <laughs> what? To be fair, he was buying a paddle board from me. So it was relevant. I've also had a manager when I worked at Spago Brewing Company tell me I had a swimmer's back. I'm like. That doesn't feel like a compliment. Like, I feel like we have drastically different backs. Yeah. I've got a very broad back. Swimmer's back, some might say. I was having a dress tailored, and she's like, are you a swimmer? You have a swimmer's back. And I'm like, fuck you. Uh, Doggy paddle. Does that count? (laughs) Well, swimmer's back is not one of my strengths, although maybe it is. But I'm uh, not a good swimmer. (laughs) But I got a back of a swimmer. What does that mean? It just means that you have a broad, wide back and people are like, wow, a woman with a muscular back, you must be an athlete. 
I used to be on the swim team in middle school until I had an asthma attack in the middle of the pool during a race. That's not great. And it was scary, and I quit afterwards. Yeah, I and can never, see. I returned to the pool, but I quit. Never so returned I'm, to the water. I've never been wet since. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to wrap we gotta this wrap it up. up. Uh, my strengths, like you, I think I also can see the tiny details in things, and I can do things very meticulously, where it can get in my way, where I get so stuck on things, but yeah. also I think it can be a huge strength. Your gnomes. I think you got stuck on the gnomes. God, pressure washing. You got stuck on the details of the gnomes. I think you lost it in the feasibility of getting like a water pump and like how fountain works. Yes. Yes. I think I get so stuck on the tiny little details of like how this will look or whatever that I'm yeah missing the overall big functional picture. Still has to be a fountain. Yes. Still need to figure out all the fountain stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I think. Yeah, I think it can be a strength where, you know, when I'm cleaning something, you bet your bottom dollar that it will be so intensely clean because I'm seeing all these little details. Yeah. To the point where it's like obsessive. And organizing. I think you're really, once you go into that like hyper-focused mode of organizing, you're mm-hmm. really good at putting the organizational systems in place. And you're like, this is what we're doing. I've got boxes. I've got clear bins. You've but got it, the things. It's so meticulous that I keep my ADHD can't follow Right, it. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sucks. I'm like, this isn't going to last a second. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. this system is You're intricate. You're like, don't worry. We're not going to be organized anymore or disorganized anymore. I've got a system. And it's like this like 15-step system. And yeah, it's like, like not there's, followable. There's no way. <laughs> so I wish I could just like set things up and then have someone else carry them out for me. Right. I like setting things up. I don't like follow through. Yes. Yes. Um, I also see as another autistic strength, I do get very excited about my special interests and I'm always seeking more and more knowledge and I like love yeah. to learn about them and I love to talk about them and I get so excited. Yes. I know it can be annoying sometimes to people. And you get sad when you're unable to. Yes. Like remember when we went to Megan's and you were sad that we couldn't, we had to talk about her house and the fact that she's pregnant instead of autism and ADHD. No, it was ADHD at that time. And it's because I know that Megan has ADHD and I want to talk to her about it. Yes. But we just had to talk about like grown up, grown up things, things like adults and how she just bought a new house and she's pregnant. I was happy to talk about that stuff. I think you were sad that you couldn't talk about other things. I can hold both feelings at once. Kristen. OK, I can be happy for my friend and hearing really... about her house, but mm-hmm. also be dying inside to explode on her about ADHD because she has it. <laughs> I want to tell her and talk to her about it. <laughs> But yes, it can yes. once again get in my way. But I also really like that about myself that I do like that I have special interests. And yeah, I like that, that makes I see an interesting person. Yeah, I like that. Everybody's got to have a hobby. Such a depth of knowledge about certain things, you know, and I yeah. like that. I yeah. like gathering info. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel things very deeply and intensely. You do. Like the other day I watched a video of a lab monkey <laughs> seeing the sky for the first time in 28 years. And it was like. Monkeys get to the emotions. Old? How how old are monkeys? I don't know. They live a long time. Twenty eight. And the emotions that I felt were so overwhelming that it literally like ruined my whole day. Really? It was like it was such a beautiful moment, but then I was like just thinking about how tragic that is. Of just this monkey was so excited because he'd never seen the sky. I can't even. I'm getting upset right now. Okay. But he had never seen the sky in twenty eight years. Upsetting. And it was like he was so in awe. And then I was just thinking about like how many lab monkeys there are out there who will never have that moment. Right. And it was like I was just like spiraling of just thinking about all the pain of all the monkeys in the world that are kept in labs. And it's like I just feel things so intensely. But on the flip side, I feel like I also feel that like with joy in the simple things where it's like such a little thing can bring me so much like intense joy and happiness and like appreciation wasn't there a study 
about lab rats in the way that they're housed and they did with like drugs. So they had like, I think, what is it? Like yeah, when ecstasy they had like in the water. No, I think it was cocaine. I think it was meth or heroin. Heroin. I think it was heroin. I, I think, think you're was, right. Yeah. And they had like some rats had like a really nice enclosure with like spinning wheels and fresh shavings and other rats. And community like, support. Yes. Yeah. And then the other rats were just like isolated. in a cage, isolated, no toys, no stimulation. And obviously those rats were like, give me that heroin. Yeah. And then the rats in like the really nice enclosure were like, eh. Good. Yeah, even when they had full access yeah. to the heroin, they still were just like, oh, they're yeah. hanging out with my friends. And even if they did go and do a little nibble, they would just like go and do like a little heroin nibble. And then like and they weren't like, like, what's a little bit of heroin? Yeah. And they weren't becoming addicted to it the way that the isolated rats were. Right. Right. And criminalizing drugs only adds to that problem when what we really need is community support. You're absolutely right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we talked about that. Yes. Um, but yes, you do feel things a lot. I think you have a very strong sense of injustice. Yes. I think there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, Um, it can be distressing. I I think it is distressing and hard, but I think that... I also like that about myself. I like that I'm not going to just, like, sit by and let something happen to me or someone else, you know? Yeah. I will also jump in for other people to the point where I'll get myself in trouble, but it's like, I don't give a fuck. The best... So we lived together in college, and the best thing about living with you in college is that you gave no fucks when it came to, like... If a guy was being rude to you or our other roommate, Megan. Oh, yeah. I'll if, kick him in the back of the uh, knees. The, like, the, I'm like, Grace will take care of it. And you did. You would, like, I don't know. I'm not going to say it here because I don't know what's legal. But um, <laughs> but you took care of business. And you made sure not only that, like, I think you've rescued me from many, many men. Yes. Because I make poor decisions. Only when you're drunk. <laughs> not only but well, sometimes uh, sober but mostly drunk mostly mostly my bad decisions are mostly ma- made when alcohol is involved yes and um and and we all see this as a problem um but you but yeah you're you're like i see something happening and it even can be to like complete strangers you know and that is where i think like i've been really wrestling with this idea that i have pda autism which is a specific profile of autism that's a persistent drive for autonomy or pervasive demand avoidance, but I like persistent drive for autonomy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do an episode about that in the future. Yeah, an aspect of that is that your nervous system is sent into this like distressed state when your autonomy is being violated or someone else's autonomy is being mm-hmm. violated. And that's how I feel. It's like I kind of disregard the dangers. Like I've yeah. mouthed off to my supervisors before because something is wrong and I can't just sit there and like, let them say this thing or do this thing. Like, yeah. I don't care if I get fired. Like, I truly don't give right. a shit. Like, all those things go out the window. Like, your own self-preservation yes. goes yes. out the window and you're like, fuck you. Yes. No, I don't think you've said that to your supervisor, but. No, but I did call her out multiple times in front of her peers as when I was, like, her student. Mm, that's <laughs> I had the nice. supervisor. Yeah, because I was like, I don't care if you drop me. Like, do it. I dare you, Debbie. But <laughs> I just could not sit by and listen to her say these hateful things about patients. I was like, absolutely not. And I don't care if you all think I'm crazy. I just have to. Like, I have, I can't control myself in that way. And I kind of like that about myself. Yeah. You know? I like that about you, too. I like when someone will speak up for you. Yeah. You know? And you're speaking up for the little guy. Yeah. Or... Any guy. 
well, guy that not, needs speaking up to. Yeah, mostly women and non-binary people. Yeah, yeah not yeah. not usually guys. And actually, when I started dating Ian, he kind of had to have a talk with me about mouthing off to men in public because he's like, "You're used to just being able to do it and like fight men, but now that whenever we're together." Like, if a fight happens, I'm going to have to be the one fighting. It's not you. And I was like, yeah, That's I guess fair. you're right. But I'm just so, you you know, and part of that is the privilege of being a woman. Although, I don't know. Privilege is like, quote unquote, privilege. Mm-hmm. But like, I do, you know, I did have the room of being able to like truly kick a man in the back of the knees at a bar. I did that once because he spilled his drink on me. And so I kicked his legs out from behind him. And he was not happy about that. But as a woman, it's go like, down? you're really going to hit me? No, but he like stumbled and stuff. And then he came and yelled in my face. And I was like. Wasn't me. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I can see it being dangerous. And I know it's, you know, that other people, you know, like people of color do not definitely have that privilege of being able to just mouth off at men and not be fucking attacked. Right. Right. So I do think that I kind of use my white woman privilege in that way. But also I'm standing up to white men. So like, yeah. Maybe I'm using my privilege using for good. Privilege. I was just about to say, <laughs> yeah. use your privilege to, for good. Yeah, and I know it's not something that, you know, anyone can just do, and it doesn't mean that I'm I'm more moral and I have a stronger reaction to injustice. Like, definitely keep your safety in mind first. But right. I do feel like even when my safety could be at risk, it's like it goes out the window. I'm not even thinking about my safety. I'm thinking about righting this wrong. Right. At any right. cost. At any cost yeah. is the key. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then I would say my last strength is that I do think I have weird social skills and weird interests. And so, like, the people who do like me tend to like me for me, and they tend to also be weirdos. That's why we're friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. I like being friends with fellow weirdos. I don't want to make friends by, like, oh, I did a good job following the social script, and now that they know that I have these appropriate social skills. Right. No, I kind of don't want to follow the social script because I don't want people thinking that I'm going to do that. (laughs) Because if we become friends, they'll be like, what the fuck? Why are you suddenly so inappropriate? Like, I just want to kind of put that out there up front. And if you like me, you like me. And if you don't, fuck off. Like, I don't want to be friends with you if you don't like that. If you don't like my intensity. Right. You know? Yeah. I think. Well, yeah, I think it's it's intense. It's intense friendship. Intense. And it is weird and it is silly, but I do I do feel like like when we talk about like masking and stuff, I don't feel I have friends that I mask around and then there's you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have fewer friends that I mask around now that I'm working on. I also feel like I just generally have fewer friends. Yeah. Um, I think as you get older, you kind of realize like "Eh, this is enough for me. Yeah. And yeah, keeping up with people is exhausting so it is exhausting and you kind of like keep there's other priorities yeah all right and on that note uh, i think we're gonna have to end this long ass episode right here yeah thank you for listening yeah we would love to get your feedback and input on all those many things we just said so many things so please point for point write us your rebuttal or your response yeah Uh, i hope you were taking notes while you were listening yeah i want to know what you related to and what you didn't and what you have questions about and let us know maybe you you disagree on something let us know yeah if you have your own experience where you know maybe my comparison of me versus ian like you have some input on that you're like oh i experienced that differently or whatever it is like you know we're not this is not the only way to be and this is not the only it's a definition of autism and adhd and adhd yeah it's a moving discussion because these things are not set in stone it's all kind of like behavioral type of stuff and so it's always going to be moving so the more input we have the more 
I can add to my mental file of what is autism, <laughs> what is on EHD. Um, and yeah, it's I like to categorize people and things. So let us know your thoughts at weirdsofafeather at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at weirdsofafeather. You can join our Facebook group. You can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash weirdsofafeather. And that just goes right into the podcast. Back into the podcast yep. it goes. And you can find all my resources from today's episode down in the show notes. Again, please go check out Crutches and Spice. She is funny and hilarious. Her name is Amani. Yeah. And I love her. And so. if you have a pie chart of your traits, yeah. let, us, let us know. Send it in. Yeah. I'd love to see it. We can compare. You don't have to, but wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Oh, if you take the monotropism questionnaire, which that link is also in the resources, uh, let us know your results if you yeah. want to, anonymously or otherwise. Uh, I'm just like, I'm just curious. I'm curious about all of this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was it. I think we're supposed to have a bod, but I don't. And this episode's way too long. So too let's long just for squawk it out. Ah! <laughs> We always just descend uh, into horse ghost horse bird. ghost uh, <laughs> bird ghosts <laughs> haunted birds. Great. Yeah, that's a good one.